<laughs> well, look, it's a win-win for well, me. <laughs> we're live Monday night. The Tiger Cast were on after a huge win, 109 points, I think it was, to be exact. I, I can't remember the last time we've done a show after a 100-point win, but I've got no doubt it's happened. And um, tonight's actually a, a very special episode. It's the first time we've done – it's the first time we've had an opposition supporter on to do an opposition analyst for, for quite a few years now. So, Magpie 71, welcome, mate. I hope you're well. I'll, I'll go bring him in. He's at the moment. He's um, you know, he's he's taking. He's still in a car or something. But I'll bring him in for the review of the Collingwood game. Oh gosh, no, he must be Devo. The Grundy's out. Uh, oh, he must be Devo. Yeah. <laughs> he's fucking shattered. I can tell you. Ain't oh, worried about Tay Tay. Tay not in form. So yeah, no, this will be a very good ongoing gag tonight. Uh, Grok, welcome back. How are you, mate? Yeah, good to be back. Yeah, feeling a thousand times better than I than I was last week. So it's good to be back, actually. Yeah. Speaking of that, Tiasta, you got in very first comment of the stream, mate. Props to you. Now, last week you said 150 points was your prediction, and I think a lot of us scoffed. Oh, well, I definitely did. But uh, it turns out you're quite did it based on my uh, prediction. He just times it by two nearly. You know, that's that's what he did. So you know, come on, Tiasta, give me some love. And uh, no, we'll, you can have your little gloating session in a sec. I'll give it to you. I'll let you. I'll let you have it. Uh, but CB, welcome back, mate. How you been? Looking very beautiful. Good, thank you. It's, mate, um, it's wonderful to be back. And, um, what's that, mate? Your skin, mate, glowing. is just fucking radiant. Oh, I, I think it's just maybe I'll move the light a little bit. Is that mate, you're just fucking. <laughs> can I tell you what, <laughs> mate? You're a beautiful. You're a beautiful man, mate. You're a beautiful. Thank mate. you, you're mate. In the face. Thank you, mate. Your, your body's appreciate... marshmallow. Marshmallow type in those standing skills that you do, but your face is just fucking delightful, mate. Anyway, go continue. Thank Sorry. No, I say thank you to all the messages of people been asking, what have you. Just um, just you know, yet life shit, life shit goes on and happens, and you just got to sort some stuff out. And um, I was always gonna, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> um, I was always coming back, but it was just a question of um, just a question of when I could, but. I do have a treat for you tonight, so don't worry. Yeah, people people are smart. Lean, trying to get out of the camera shot, mate. We're trying to do a show here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. The other shout-out I want to give, North Queensland Chocolate, who were kind enough, if I can get my camera angles correct, sent down some yeah. lovely chocolate bars, so make sure you hit up the North Queensland Chocolate page and order your trockies from those guys. Thank you very much for sending them down. Much appreciated. Is that, for um, the, is that for everyone on the podcast? Because I, yeah, I'll, 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 I've consumed it. I've consumed two before I've got your addresses, so I'll get them off you after the show. Yeah, and send, and send and look, there's a little one is behind you. I'll keep it PG. Look, no, you can't hear. You can't hear. I've got headset on. It's all right. Keith, it's good to have you, mate. Um, first, yeah, you made it. It's, uh, that's great. Um, oh, Lee, good to see you as always. Um, fucking yeah, no, but what a good weekend. I enjoyed it. You know, I had gastro. Which I'm over now, um, but yeah, it was um, it was it was a good weekend to you know watch a good quality football game. It was, and a shout out to the WA Tiger supporters yeah. who are a pretty strong force up there, who obviously had a very pleasant viewing experience at the ground, no doubt. So uh, I know Kano, who's a loyal listener to the show as well, he's from WA. Uh, didn't get to the game, but I know he'd be loving life uh, being able to hang shit on the West Coast people. Understand, West Australian viewers, I do love you. Just keep that in mind. Keep that comment there in mind for later on. <laughs> oh, it was funny. Yeah. I don't know if you caught my tweet. It, the, when we were smashing them, right? Well, you could read the right, and I felt bad for them, right? Because some of them, when they they were doing the crosses, and two things I noticed about WA crowds. This is obviously excluding the Richmond 
supporters is the, the Eagles supporters. One, the women the women have beards. Like a majority of the females have beards, which bloody surprised me. Um, but you know, good on them. You know, I'm all about diversity. Um, the second one, which was funny. So first quarter, I felt bad for it. Second quarter, I started, and then they started getting filthy at us, and it was like, it was like, well, I tweeted this on Saturday, CV. Don't chuck a tanty. I'm just talking about a tweet I did. You've um, got a Collingwood so membership. You've got a Collingwood hat. You feel sorry for West Coast. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I Come said on. it about West Coast. I said I felt sorry for them, and then I said, no, they can go fuck themselves. That they got more filthy towards the end. Oh, I tweeted that on Saturday night. God. Is that what you no, okay. Is that your story about my tweet? You're a good guy. Did you give me no, credit? Can, credit uh, oh, gun. He's a gun. I didn't mean material. There was one West Coast fan who was getting himself on TV quite a bit who just wasn't having a good night, was he, that bloke? <laughs> oh, fucking yeah. Uh, all right, we'll, 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 get, we'll get stuck into it. So we're going to do things a little bit differently tonight. So the, I've assigned each of the gentlemen here a part of the ground to go into a bit more in-depth review. So we'll see how they go. But uh, Richmond, 25-15-165, defeated West Coast, 8-8-56 by 109 points, which was uh, a very, very good win. Uh, by the Tigs. Uh, goal kickers, we had Tommy Lynch with seven. Probably should have had ten by quarter time, well, but that's all right. We'll let him off the hook. Yeah. Uh, Rewalt kicked four. Bolton, three. McIntosh, three, even though Tiggs reckons he's no good. Uh, Rioli, three, according on debut, according to Channel 7. And Castagna, two. Nankervis, one. Prestia, one. Soldo, one. So spreading the love a little bit there. Uh, Grok, you've been assigned the task of defenders, so take it away with your review of the back half. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting actually, and all I can say is hallelujah, thank God, common sense has prevailed. Bolter and Baker back to the back to defence. It's been something that has needed to happen for eighteen weeks of football now. If you go by last year, they are natural defenders. They are much better when they've got the game in front of them rather than, you know, leading up to the ball. They're much better with the ball in hand going forward. And it was just seeing the... Sorry, yeah. bro. Someone's got to help Ballsy. Ballsy. <laughs> I've got the best legend that... I'll be you know, right. I'll be right, someone. Jeez. I want a when Dave Diary. <laughs> I won't put that one up on the screen. Carry on, I wish that happened to me on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was sorry, really... Grok. Sorry, no, CBC, no. You're not, you dropped the standards, brother. I just yeah. go to shit when you're on. Sorry, Grok. Continue. No. Mate. Continue oh, good, mate. Do. Yeah, it was just great just seeing the cohesion back, and I think having Grimes and and Floston back there, they're probably our two most important players structurally for for our defense. I think, um, you know, they, they're both they both complemented each other. Obviously, Tigger off half back, great defensively an excellent um intercepting wise and he had uh 14 intercept possessions on on friday night which was a massive number 14 intercept possessions from half back is is fantastic grimes had an okay game i thought i didn't think he was too outstanding obviously first game back a little rusty made a couple of mistakes where he lost touch of kennedy and and darling in in a contest but that's to be expected but i think the one that I want to really touch on is I think Tarrant not playing really helped. It seemed we, we moved a lot better. We, we seemed quicker in defense, both defensive transition and offensive. 
I think I think Tarrant's I think Tarrant, yeah, is probably a player that I, I don't think fits in our structure at the moment. He's a little bit too slow. He gets caught out yeah. from time to time. And the one thing that I, I really think is back for us based on Friday night is our transition defense where we roll up to the next player. If we come, if someone's loose, we'll roll up to them and have another player come in behind with it, with everything. But I think the two, the two main ones I, re- I want to highlight for the, for their games were, were um, I think Josh Gibkiss. I know we, we talk about him every week at this point, but his game I think was underrated. He only had the, the 12 possessions, but he had eight, eight of those were intercepted and he had six, six marks. Two of them contested. He had ten one percenters. He had the most one percenters of any player. His spoiling ability is unbelievable. I was watching the game, uh, the first half with a mate who's got him in a fantasy team, and I said, "Mate, if you you need to get this competition to include spoils as points because you would cash yeah. in big time." His, his timing and closing speed is uh, exceptional, and I know we said last week, but I'm super glad he had a rest. Yeah, and I just want to say I cannot understand how he did not get nominated for for. Um, yeah, rising star this week. They gave it to the damn golden boy, number one draft pick, who had an okay game. A game that he's had. Let's be honest. Horn Francis has had better games than the one he played on the weekend by a long Two shot. words. Brad Johnson. More yeah. words afterwards. He's a cockhead. Cocks, cocks He's not seeing the obvious. Yeah, it doesn't watch. He admitted he doesn't watch. He, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't tip us. Doesn't and, watch us. Yeah. And the other player I want to highlight for his impact on the game is uh, Dan Rioli. Again, I mean, yep. how much more can we, say, can we say about this this bloke? I mean, 20, 23 possessions, seven, seven score involvements, 617 metres gain just for Alton. The metres gain's been trotted out. And even Noah Bolter play, played full back, still had... 400 odd meters gain which is for a fullback is is a solid game yeah i, I think our, our our defense worked well absolutely tailed up liam ryan ineffective willie rioli even though he injured himself when he was on wasn't great darling it's, darling did nothing um, it's um yeah. a, a huge effort and i'm glad i'm really really glad you highlighted rioli and like i know west coast weren't the greatest of opposition like yeah granted but the speed at which he was running off halfback and attacking the game, when we got the ball, he was gone. He was off. um, And it's... The big thing for me was everyone creating good habits for themselves. The Richmond of old would have maybe ended up winning that game by 30 to 40 points, for example. There would have been a lot of foot off the gas, other team come back into it. But to push on with it, just to enforce good habits, was was really good to see. Can I just say something with Mark? You're right, Mark Basto. If you could just highlight his comment um, for me, please, A43. That's the thing that's shitting me about the media, the footy public, trying to talk this down. Any good, If you had said before the game, because with all Web Coast problem, any good side or a top four side should smash it, right? So that's why I tip 60-plus. Not only did we do that, we didn't just smash them, we crushed them by 109. Mm. So no matter how bad West Coast was, they still had 22 bloke, 18 blokes on that field. A lot of them were flooding for a lot of the game. And we still had the system, the run, the energy to crush them. So, yeah, even though Hardwick said it best, they've got a lot of issues, but we did do a lot of things right in that game. Um, so, yeah, you can't dismiss the credit from one side because how shit the other side was. That's all I want mm. to say. 
And there was a comment there about Rioli's kicking. That was one thing I was going to make. He's probably our, our halfback that takes off that risky kick. When Short yeah, and Baker are there, they, gen- they generally go down the line along the wing. Rioli will take off and go through the middle. He takes that dangerous kick because he's got the skills to do it. So I think that's what's making him so dangerous is just his ability to bite that bullet and take that kick. He also loves the one-on-one contest. Yep. Out of all of our defenders, he loves the one-on-one battle of wheels and he wins more often than he does. That's what I love about his game, his ability to smash his opponent and then play off him once he's won, the, he's beaten him. That's mm. so great. All right, uh, I'm going to say, Trumpers, you're up next to the midfield. It's been flooding through in the chat. <laughs> These are original teeth, all right? Get stuffed, everyone. H is all. No one, no one took a month off all this abuse. Um, no, look, uh, it's, it's sort of a hard one to gauge the midfield because at the end of the day, we played witches' hats. So it's pretty hard to sort of assess some of the performances. But I'll, I'll start off with some general numbers and then we'll sort of dig in a bit to some individuals. So... Hitouts we won 45 to 15. Clearances we won 34 to 30. Centre clearances were 19 to 16 our way. And stoppage clearances were 15 to 14 our way. Right? So the only question I ask out of those numbers is given the ruck dominance, um, should have our, should our midfield have dominated a little more around around those things. Now, admittedly, Prestia went off at three-quarter time with a with an Achilles. Um, so with that impacted, maybe the numbers might have been a bit wider. But that's probably the only question I have around it with that type of dominance. And when you look at um, Nankervis's game, for example, Nankervis had 14 disposals at 71% disposal efficiency. He laid three tackles, 25 hitouts, two clearances, one goal assist, one goal. So he's had a bloody good game. There's no doubt about it for a big bloke. Um, Soldo had 10 disposals at 70% DE. He had 20 hitouts and one goal. So again, he had as, as, a, as a backup. That's a pretty good game, right? Um, the Just sort of looking at the numbers, the one guy who was sort of in the gun when, I, when you're reading forums, and I'll leave it to the people in the comments to, to provide comment on how they saw this game, but Shane Edwards has been a bit down on form. And Edwards had 15 disposals at 87% disposal efficiency. Um, he had one tackle. Uh, his three clearances were all centre clearances. He had 396 metres gained with a goal assist. So it's a pretty good game, but I'll leave that to our, um, our viewers to and how they felt that he went, whether that was good enough to continually justify his selection or, you know, because he has been down. Um, RCD is an interesting one because he's a kid learning his way, second game in, and everyone there's a lot of criticisms on his first game back. But RCD had 16 disposals at 69% disposal efficiency. He had, um, uh, was it seven contested possessions, four tackles, five clearances, and out of them, two of them were center clearances, 134 meters gained, and one goal assist. So, not a bad game for a guy who's uh 20 games and under. Uh, we look at um, Jaden Short. Now, I understand that this show may have influenced Damien Hardwick's thinking before the game and called for Jaden Short to go into the guts. So for those who wondered, we are an influential show, folks. Uh, you know, we know people. And um, 
Jaden Short at 31, 31 disposals at 81% disposal efficiency. He had nine contested possessions. He laid three tackles. He had five clearances. And out of those five, three of them were center clearances. He had a massive 792 meters gained with three goal assists. Like that's a monster game out of the middle. That is yeah. beast mode, right? And, and he um, still may not get three Brownlow votes. Well, yeah. let, let's talk I, about the bloke who's going to take them off him. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's Shorty. Shorty was uh, exceptional. I called it Monday. I, I want to put my hand up and take credit for it because just doing yep. what you know, it's what we do in this show. We we gloat when we have to, but uh, he he was he was good, and I, I think it was his ability to go deeper inside fifty off either foot quickly that puts defence under immense pressure. Like that's not landing forty five out and it just trickles out. It's like top of the square type stuff, which is good. Karen's gone early because Karen, we're saving the bloke for who got the three votes for the last one to talk about his game. Tiggs, is it shy or shy? Just confirming. <laughs> it's shy. Yeah, just a correction. Just a correction. Flogs trying to take all the credit. It was actually Lee who, who wanted short in the centre very early on in the season, and I did have my doubts, Lee, and you proved me right. You proved yourself right and myself wrong. So happy to unlock the bloke somewhere weird outside of Grock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I admit when I get it right, and I admit when I get it wrong. There you go. So, so Bolton's game. Bolton had 30 disposals at 67% disposal efficiency. He had 11 contested possessions. He laid four tackles. He had seven clearances, and six of those were centre clearances, centre bounce clearances. He had a massive 719 metres gained. He kicked three goals and had four goal assists. Like, that is a monster... Game. Even when you're playing a shit truck team like West Coast, that is serious numbers. Serious numbers. So, um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Bolton's game's the highest AFL ranking point game so far this season. Yeah, it was it, massive. Yeah, it was it nice was to see him for four quarters. And, and interesting on um, people are critical of Jack Ross. Now Jack Ross come on as the sub in the last quarter. But even Jack in one quarter, he had six disposals. He had four contested possessions at 83% disposal efficiency, one centre clearance, one stoppage and one tackle. So even Ross, when he came on, when Dion went off, you know, you, you can see you can see the game time into those kids. It's it's paying dividends. They're competing and they're starting to um, go okay. So um, overall, again, when you win by 100 points, mate, there aren't, there aren't too many loose talking points and, and negatives. But... The only thing I, the only thing I ask is, should we have even dominated a bit more out of the midfield, given our ruck dominance against what we had? And we're going to have the same situation with the Pies and Grundy out. They're going to yep. bring back Cox Zilla, most likely, or um, and they're going to have some ex Swans shit truck as well. So um, that'll be really interesting to see how that those ruck duels set up next week. Yeah, it's a valid point about the dominance, but. Uh... We'll take the win. Tiggs, you, you wanted the Fords. You wanted a crack at him. And I'm really keen to hear what you've got to say about a couple of them in particular. Fantastic. Thank you for talking it up, Mark, because I really appreciate the love. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, look, for me, the overall uh, general overview for me was I was pleased when Bolter got out of the forward line. And before you all start screaming at me, I'll explain why. Bolter, for me, I reckon it's an experiment we should persist with. But... Having him at, there was one glaring facet with our forward line as a mix, as a whole. 
which was very unreachable like for the beginning for the whole period of the year. We have not had any of our forwards applying any immense pressure. We just didn't have it. And that doesn't – it's not all on Bolter, but they're all tools. And one thing with Bolter, he's learning forward craft. What he does not know yet is when to run with his defender. So if his defender runs off him to be another support or a plus one up the ground in the midfield, he was not going with that defender. He was parking deep. And that's why for periods of – long periods of game, he never saw him. So I was happy that he went back to the back line. But what it did, because we moved Baker in the in the back line and put Bolter in the back line, it forced us to go back to what works for us. So – we needed a defensive forward that would actually follow his de- follow his forward when he needs to, but more importantly, block down space, particularly in kickings, which they were getting it out way too easily, which we did with Stack. And we needed um, pressure forward in relation to closer speed and tackling and all the all the, all the running and chasing. Um, and more importantly, it allowed Rewalt and Lynch, who have worked together now for three four years. To get back in sync again, to actually, they rarely clash with each other. They knew when to split and when to spread the arcs, when to keep one deep, when to keep one forward. And because we had that dominance because of the, the lack of pressure of ball coming in, we were able to explore it and we kept on ticking the scoreboard. And the biggest thing for me when you analyse our forward mix as a whole, if I do the general overview, is our efficiency inside 50. Now, our average is 51.1, which is really good, right? It's, it's a top eight level of efficiency. That's why... I get my back up when people slag off our forwards. Our forwards, when the ball's in there, are top six in the league. Um, but in this match, we were clearly number one. It was 70.8%. Now, that's not sustainable, right? When we play with better sides, have more pressure up on the midfield, um, and pressure on the wings is going to slow, make the inside 50s a little bit messy. But what pleased me, it showed our system in the forward line was working the entire game, not just with fits and spurts, throughout the whole duration of the match. So that was really, really pleasing. So I was looking at, when I was looking at, um, when I was looking at, you know, in relation to, you know, uh, with our efficiency, what does that translate to and what does it look like? Well, tackles tackles inside 50s were high. We finally started to generate, you know, the repeat inside 50s by the balls about to go out of our arc, we tackle, we create another contest, create another stoppage. Um, we, bank, we went back to more of a safe play in our forward line where if the ball, if one of our forwards spoiled the ball and we didn't have a clear shot at goal, we will try to get a, a pocket stoppage, which we haven't done since our successful period in 2019 and 18 and 17. We went back to a formula that worked. The reason why that impacted our efficiency is because it creates another stoppage. We're all on top of stoppages and then it's an easier release. And generally when you release the ball, you can get a forward that's free and he just kicks a goal. And also, this, some, some of the inside 50 kicking was brilliant um, to our forwards. Our marking was top tier um, with the amount of marks we had in the forward line, which I'll give to you if I can. I had it right here, and I've just flicked the thing. I think it was 18 marks. But no, 23 in total. Compared to our average of 11, um, it, it's a massive increase, and that's because of the quality of what we're getting in. And our forwards beat their opponents. Essentially, the uh, longer the game went on, we de- uh, defenders were demoralised and we just went to town. Um, now, to highlight individual players, there's a few that I really want to talk about. I'm going to talk a bit about Shy Bolton because he did play forward parts of that game and I don't want to ignore the quality of his work. Um, you know, the biggest thing for me was his 15 score involvements. Now, a portion of that was from the midfield and a portion of that was when he was inside 50, he was unselfish. He didn't just always go the snap. He tried to look for a teammate, and that's a credit to him. That was brilliant to see. 
There's one player that it's that's why I should look at him and people will look at his stats and go, Sydney stat. You know, what did he really do? Yeah, he had a good disposal efficiency, but he didn't get much of the ball. He only tackled twice. What's all the hoopla about him? What he did, if you remember that Butler, George Castagna, Rioli, those three, one of them would always have basically a very minimal disposal game. And Harvey kept on saying, you don't know what their role is. Their role is not about disposal. And Stack, for the first time I've seen, he played a completely selfless team first game. What his role was, and if you look at the game again, I've watched it a second time before this podcast, he would challenge the kicker by running in. Then he would quickly turn and then challenge the receiver. And that allowed our forwards, two of our forwards landed, and it would allow if Bolton was in there or if Jack rested in there or whoever was in there to play further up the ground to actually create that extra plus one to allow us to win that contest and bring the ball back in. That doesn't happen if Sydney Stack has got man in two blocks with intent to hunt. And that was a credit to him. He he often got things that don't give a stat, the knock-ons. Getting the pack and just push the ball out. It's not considered a contested possession because he hasn't had taken hold of the ball. But he really played a selfish forward 50 game. And that's why I tweeted, I don't want him out of the side. You've got to reward I love his game. And uh, yeah. I, I just to tack on to that, I, I ran a poll because I did see some split opinions on him and that the poll was overwhelmingly in favour of liking Stack's game. And I agree, it's not numbers-based. Um, but, yeah, the amount of times he pressured their kicker coming out of back 50, which created another 450 entry for us, was, was huge. And you, you can't ask him to do much more. Like, he, he thoroughly deserved a goal, and I was really shattered for him. He didn't get it. Yeah. But he, he gave uh, Rioli Jr. two goals directly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, th- I'm thinking maybe that's been a discussion with Stack from from the coaching department. Given he ha- he is seen as that flashy, little bit selfish sort of type. Maybe they've sat him down and said, "Hey, look, this is going to be your role going forward. You you need to repay us for the faith we've shown in you. You can do this by playing a sacrificial role, being a team first oriented well, player." I think that might have been a discussion that may have happened. Sebi, you wanted to say something? I was just going to say, I think the, the one thing that's coming out of this whole conversation amongst all analysis is this has been the most balanced team we've picked all year. That's what stands out. So what you're saying, Tiggs, is correct. All of a sudden, we've got the mix right on two tools, the right type of pressure forwards around them to create the pressure and the turnovers. I think our the, the, goals, the goals created from um, <clears throat> turnovers and that was off the charts. Yeah. On Friday night. We I mean, no offense to Tarrant, like I thought he was going to be an ideal replacement for for um Asprey. For Asprey going. But mate, let's face it, Bolter's twenty one, Gibkiss is eighteen. We've got our two and with Miller, you know, and Grimes gives away, we've got our defensive our defensive stocks are actually sorted. You know what I mean? It's um and in the midfield seem to have the right balance once we get the king the Prince of Punt Road back in there as well. Um it was a far better energised team and it made a lot more sense to me what we selected on Friday night. It's nine o'clock. That's nice. It's nine o'clock. Thank you for letting us know. Um, <laughs> fucking what the fuck. But anyway. In 200 metres, turn left. <laughs> Back on my analysis, if I may. Um, look, that's a really, Glenn Richard, that's a superb statement and unlike Stack's going. If, in every, comp, when Stack was brought up in every every um, uh, match conference at after a game that um, Hardwick had, 
he's always been open and said, Stack's offensive game looks after itself. We know what he can do. But it's he's learning the defensive technique. And I reckon he got challenged by Harvick. He said, we're going to give you 100% selfless defensive game. Show me you can do it. So I just hope he continues with that path. And then what will happen is once he starts instinctively doing it, he, you watch his offence start to come. But the other one we can't ignore. We, can, we mentioned Tom Lynch before, right? Yeah, we talk about the goals. We talk about the missed opportunities. But just to give you an idea of how impactful and how hard this forward works, right? Contested possessions, 13 in the forward half. Un, uncontested possessions, seven. The most of any forward combined. And that's from a tall bloke. So that means he's crashing every single pack, feeding the ball out as he needs to, working up the ground when he needs to, and he's spreading from the contest to create options. And more often than not, you saw him catch it deep in the pocket just before the inside 50 arc and then kicking it in. Um, and that was, that was again, a selfish component of what Stack did, what we're trying to. So hopefully now we've got our, I believe, our, like, um, kids, uh, CB alluded to, we've got our most balanced defensive half. We know our weakness is still midfield. But what we, what I believe is that we've got a now a balanced forward line. I hope we reinforce the area that needs it and maintain the equilibrium that we've got. Um, but for me, overall, it was, a, it was a fantastic forward forward crafted game. And uh, yeah, uh, that's basically my summation. Very good. The other one I want to touch on quickly is Maurice Rioli Jr. Thoughts oh, yeah. well deserved three goals, worked his ass off, and played hand in hand with Stack really, really nicely. Uh, it deserves a game next week, obviously. Um, use pressure. It was good. So before we move on, though, we'll get your 3 two, one votes. If I can bring up my sheet. Grok, who's your 3 two, one? And people in the chat as well, make sure you chuck in your 3 two, one votes as well, please. Well, there was a comment from YouTube by A, who stole my joke. I was going to give three to Chris Nash. I thought that was his <laughs> best game in, in, best game for us. Um, He's a loot. He's a loot. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, seriously, I'm going to give the three, I think, to Bolton. I think it was more of a three-quarter uh, four-quarter performance than Short. I think Short ran out of puff a little bit in the last, whereas Shea continued to push it. Two I'm giving to, to Shorty. I know some people are probably going to have Lynch as number two, but I've got Lynch as my one. The reason I've got Lynch as one is he capitalised on most of Bolton and Short's work. Without those two, there's no way he has the game that he has, so... Yeah, I, I, three for Bolton, two, two short, one Lynch. Fair enough, Grok. CB? You know what, Grok? I've always said you're a really intelligent fella. And um, I'm with you. I've actually got Bolton for three, short for two, one to Lynch for those reasons. Um, but I really thought that Jake Arts was stiff this week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you'll never live that one down. Tiggs, yeah, mine's similar, but I've got to give love to Chris Nash. I, I, tw <coughs> I tweeted in the game after the first direct turn up. I said he, he knows he's a tiger, and he's just he I saw that. <laughs> he, he was a freaking he's a fucking gun. But look, back on point, yeah, obviously three for Bolton. That was a career defining best game he's ever played. Um, yeah, so you can't go past that. Short, like everyone else, you know, he's, he, he he played the defensive well, but it, it led to even greater depth in his offense because he was in, in the center of the ground. Some of those penetrating kicks were just amazing. Amazing. And he straightened us up, which was brilliant. Made it easy for the forwards to lead on. So I agree with you that Lynch 
um, benefit from that work. That's why I didn't pick Lynch. I, I was going to go Lynch. And then I looked statistically, but also the eye test. And for me, Daniel Rioli, I can't pass him up again. I yeah. want to give him more bet. I want to give him more than one vote, you know. But I, unfortunately, I can't because of the two games that we've had. But he he um, smashed Ryan when he periods of time he was on him. Then he, he had Willie and then Willie got um, benched because of injury. But while Willie was on the ground, wasn't doing much. And then he, um, yeah, he just, once he beat his opponent, what did he do? I need to be attacking. I need to run. I need to dispose of the He was dangerous. Yeah, he was very dangerous. And uh, he looked like a winger to me. That's how, how composed he was. Um, so, yeah, no, I have to give one to Rioli. Yeah. No, that's a fair call. Uh, I went the same as CB and Grok. I went three Bolton, two short, one Lynch. But I really contemplated Rioli uh, to go in there as well. And I'm sure a lot of people would have. It's a, it's a hard one to get right. But um, the thing that judged me, that pushed me just towards Lynch is how much shit he has got this year. Yeah. And I think for a, you need to recognise a good game, given that we did the same with Rioli when he had a really good game. You know, give him that one. I think that's what pushed me for Lynch, given just back him in, give him a vote. Is Fair Lynch call from no, Dean here. Lynch leading to Coleman. He is now. No, no, he's not. Oh, he's not. He got passed. No, oh, ca- ca- um, Hawkins kicked three, so Hawkins is on twenty-two. Wow, yeah. another fat prick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tubby Hawkins. Hawkins. Uh, yeah, that's not a bad yes. question, Rick. Is that yes? That's yes. yes. He won't get it though, because we've got fucking no officials that have admitted they don't look at Richmond games, and they're biased. <laughs> and you got you got Cutting Corns in there now. Who fucking hates anything Richmond, even though he tries down to things. So, yeah, look, we will always be a side with, you know, at 17, we had four AAs, I think it was, and everyone lost their fucking minds, right? If you remember the hoopla, they all lost their bloody minds. And since then, there's two, Rioli and Vlosten. If Vlosten's not fucking dead centre, should be AA. He should have been AA, uh, not last year, but the year before last, and the year before yep. last, and the year before last. He's having he's, he's having a career best season since he's come back, statistically wise. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, reality. I, I, melted, I melted down to Elton John's wig today, right? About that shit truck Burns from Port Adelaide getting the AA selection over Nick Vlos. Darcy Burn Jones. Still melting that, over oh, that. That was <laughs> filthy. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Still get angry over it. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that- like, that's great. Can you just highlight Espo's thing? That shits me too. People forget he won us two. Since Lynch got here, we've won two flags. Let's understand. We wouldn't have got, um, I reckon, two of the flags because in prelim final, he got us over the line against Shalong, make no fucking mistake. Yeah. Right? He got us over the line. Um, and then he, and there was another, I think it was a semi final or a, even the grand final, one, another final series where we made the grand final. He was amazing. So. Well, don't, even even that part aside, there was a stretch during the year where Rewalt was out for ages. We were missing plays left, right, and center, and he, he single-handedly, yeah, he yeah. he dragged us over the line on a few occasions to keep us uh, ticking over. So now I've lynched, in my opinion, has paid for himself ten times yeah. over. So yeah, I, I don't get the hate either. But you know, everyone's got an opinion, and that's the beauty about footy. <laughs> uh, before we get onto the bloodbath, just make sure whatever platform you're watching on, give us a like, a share, uh, pump us up on uh, YouTube and. Twitter, Facebook, uh, what else we on? Twitch, the work. So give us a like and help us in the rankings. Uh, CB, Bloodbath. And while, we, while you're doing that, listeners, start thinking of your questions because we'll take some questions shortly afterwards before we get into the Pies game. CB? Please. Okay. For the record, 
This isn't my original bloodbath, but I was struck by inspiration at about 10 to 8. So my bloodbath tonight is how shit a West Coast. How shit a West Coast? Well, let me tell you. I believe COVID didn't exist in Western Australia. It really didn't. McGowan had the borders closed off because he didn't want the rest of the country to see how bad football is over there at the moment. Just exactly how pathetic West Coast are. They're so shit, you know what? I now understand why we read about Vic Bias. Well, hashtag Vic, Vic Bias. It's not that they feel there's an actual bias. They're just that embarrassed that they feel their team is only actually waffle standard and isn't good enough to compete with us Victorian gods. I mean, seriously, what the hell was Friday night? I thought it was 1983 again, and I was watching a Sterling Cup preseason game. Now, I know the youngins won't get that gag, but anyone over 40 will actually get that gag. And I thought it was pretty funny at the time of writing. West Coast is so shit, North is above them on the ladder. And when a shit truck like Jack Silvani is sledging your club, telling you how shit you are, after the 20 years, 27 years that the Carlton's had, then, man, you got to be really, really bad. West Coast are so shit, they make Amber Heard's legal team seem competent. I don't know what's worse, West Coast midfield or an Amber Heard crap in the bed. So, to conclude, suck shit, West Coast. Enjoy your spoon. I only wish we had got Tyrone Vickery out of retirement to smack another soft Bambi type to complete my Friday night viewing. You're trash. Enjoy the dark years. You deserve it. Boom. <laughs> and, uh, uh, very well targeted at uh, at them. It was yeah, that was some kind of performance. Just from, just latching onto a little bit there from CB with Eagles finishing, you know, north above them on the ladder. How good is it? Richmond are now the only team in the eighteen-team comp not to finish any round on the bottom of the ladder. The yeah. only team in the comp. That has not finished around ah. on the bottom of the ladder in the eighteen man comp, in eighteen team comp. So, Jesus, nice little fact, yeah. yeah. The haters will hate that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Because we better not. You better not be serious that we got raided in Rust while I'm doing a podcast. That that can't happen. All right, easy uh, on Vickery's hotting for Bolton. Now, West Coast. That was honestly one of the worst games, team performances I've seen in some time. All right, uh, viewers, it's time for you to send through your questions. One I saw earlier that I want to ask you, Tiggs, um, if you have any knowledge on it, just while we're waiting for questions to filter through. Dan Rioli, do you know much on his status? Is your vibes that he's going to sign? Um, what are you yeah, feeling there? Because he's, yeah, he's obviously well, going to be worth a bit of money soon. Yeah, no, he's, he won't be going anywhere. I, I know the club wants him. He wants to stay at the club. He's a Richmond one-club player. The problem is why he hasn't signed yet. I mentioned there was a favourite son leaving. Get everyone get prepared. It's all tied up in that. It's really giving him the right reward or right right offer. And our salary cap's tied at the moment. It won't be at the end of the year. That's all I can tell you. So it's it's caught up in that. Um, once a few dominoes fall, I'm sure he'll get signed up probably for oh, I would say around 15, 16, 17. I reckon that's the time when things start getting snapped in, snapped in. Um, and when you start getting answers from players that you're looking at or not looking at and all this. So, yeah, around about that time, I reckon he'll, he'll, he'll get signed up, if not earlier. But he's not leaving. He's 100% not leaving. Uh, that's what we want to hear. We don't want him Don't want him to leave. He, yeah, his price is going to go through the roof. But, um, yeah. Uh, okay. 
I won't ask you this one, Tiggs, because I want to see what the other guys say. CB, who will Magpie 71 Barrack for this week? <laughs> oh, I, I tell you what, it's going to be quite an emotional. If anything, actually, just stay tuned to Tiggs's um, social media on um, Saturday, mate, because it could be <laughs> quite electric. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Grok. This will kind of tie into our ins and outs, I suppose. But still a valid question from Connor. Do you think we should bring Terrence back this week? Absolutely not. Like, categorically, no. Based on what, what I saw against West Coast, I, th- I think we're better off backing Bolter, Gibkiss, and Grimes in. Like, there's there's no point. They're, they're the future of this club, and if we're going to be serious, we need to start getting Bolter back, get him, get him back to the game that he, he knows and he excelled at, and getting the games into Gibkiss. And there's no point bringing, bringing Tarrant in because the Pies aren't necessarily a tall forward, forward line either. But but they are pretty nippy and quick at ground level. Mm-hmm. They do it. They're a very quick pressure forward forward line, very much like what we used, well we were. And uh, Tarrant's just going to get caught out. It's going to give me like flashbacks of um, Chaplin against Nahas in the 2015 <laughs> elimination final, just being tackled. Like, yeah, I don't want to see a repeat of that. No. All right, this one I'll go. Uh... Oh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go around the room for this one because I think it's a very important question given what came out today about that Richmond have flagged that they will leave Punt Road if the redevelopments uh, don't include knocking down the Jack Dyer stand and, and a complete rebuild. Uh, and obviously, there's some heritage listing stuff that's going in the background. But um, Tiggs, would you be comfortable if that played out? That Richmond moving based on that, or do you like what you? Yeah, look, on that? from what I know, and it's been. We tried, we've tried to bend over backwards. We want to demolish the stand, but also incorporate the leftovers of it. I don't know if, you know, the, the rubble, if you will, the bricks or whatever, into the new stand, right? I'm pretty sure the family signed off on that. I mean, yeah. if that's an angle people took, I'm pretty sure the family actually... And the family's got no issue with it, right? Yeah. But for me, if the family has no issue for it, let the club do it. If, they, if the council wants to say no, 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 then in my opinion, they're in their rights to pick... You know, the club is always bigger than the individual. I love Putt Road, but, you know, Craigie Burn's a beautiful place. You know, it's right next to Roxburgh Park. Come here, falafels for everybody. Let them come. Let them move. At the end of the day, I want them to do what's right for the club, and if we have to get in a different location, I don't think they'll get too much. Yeah, it, they won't. It doesn't mean we have to sever the connection from Putt Road, though. We might not be based there to train, but our, our heart... And our history is there. So I'm sure they can do a tie-in if need to. But for the infrastructure training facilities, MCG ground, they need to do it um, to keep up with the other sides. Yeah, fair enough. CB? I'll spew up if we leave Punt Road. I thought it was a really... Again, we're only going off media reports. I think it's, it was a, it's a real dumb ultimatum. To have that out there is just dumb. And... Um, it opens the club up to criticism in this, and it's obviously while they're talking, it doesn't. Things like that getting out doesn't help anyone's cause. And um, we've been there since 1885. The moment we go, someone will take it over, like Melbourne or something. It's prime real estate. Um, you'd be stupid to give the competition an even. Never give a sucker an even breaker. Right? And I really didn't like reading that at all. And I hope we are seeking compromise rather than being that overtly aggressive if what we we're reading is correct. Fair enough. And grocked around the set on that one. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I'd be 
devastated if if we just upped and left. I mean, as CB said, that's our spiritual home. It always has been. It always will be. That's always going to be the heart of of Tigerland, no matter if we go or we stay. It, everyone who's grown up in, you know, Richmond or, you know, Melbourne, anything, they know Punt Road is Richmond Territory. And the thing that shits me about this is if it was the 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 bummers or if it was the cats or anything like this the council would be like oh yeah no worries here's a blank check how much you want we'll sign everything it's all all clear off you go do what you want but as soon as we want to do something that improves not only us but it's going to improve the facilities around punt road oval it's going to improve richmond station it's going to improve parking capacity in yarra park for the mcg all of a sudden it, it's it's an issue that's the thing that I don't get. It's it's just annoying the hell out of me. But I hope we get it across the line, and I'd be pretty conf- confident in in Peggy and Benny that some sort of agreement will be will be reached. Let the powers that be deal with that. I'm sure the right decision will be made. Uh, yeah, no matter what the outcome. All right, we will turn our views to the upcoming Richmond versus Collingwood game. Uh, so they're sitting eighth. We're sitting ninth. So whoever wins this. Will uh will definitely stay, will stay in the eight. So it, it's a, a a massive game, Tiggs, and you know the Pies have won I think two in a row now. Uh, we're coming off a nice win, but you know you don't want to get ahead of yourself when you play against a team that doesn't give you much of an output in West Coast. But like we sort of said last week, this block, block of four games, if we're serious about playing finals, are, are all must-win games, and this is no different. Yeah, hundred percent. If we get. If Kotcha comes in and he's, which I think is a no-brainer, he will. If Prestia plays, which I think, from what I'm hearing, is a good chance that he will. Um, you know, that means we've basically got our best side on the park now that uh, that Grimes is in. My personal opinion, we've got Lambert playing, um, so there's no excuses. We should be for where um, Collingwood are. Um, Collingwood can't defend at the moment. They they just all that attack, run, pressure, forward, 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 forward. Um, but they get exposed on the rebound um, and they fade out late in games. Um, like I was so confident with the Western Bulldogs, I'm confident with the, with the, with the Pies. Teams that go at us, if our defence is sound, which it is now with the inclusion and the quality that we have, we launch 80% of all offence statistically from the back line. So the more you feed that back line, the more we score. And it doesn't – and generally clubs can – Unless we break them really early, like West Coast, but generally what will happen, like in the Bulldogs game, they'll absorb that counter attack for about a quarter, quarter and a half, and then the continual pressure starts. Our skills get sharper as the game game goes on, and we start penetrating, and then we start winning. So I'm confident that we'll win this game. I don't think it's going to be a close game. I don't think McRae is going to go. Let's lock it all down and do this down like a Buckley parks the bus, like he's done with us. Um, the last two times we played it under Bucks. I reckon this is going to get hammer and tongue and see what we go. They're weak. We can get them in the mid. They've got a really good quality midfielders, and I love their young forward line. But the reality states they've got two spuds in the ruck, or they'll bring two spuds in the ruck in if they want to match up Soldo. My question to you blokes a little bit later is, does Soldo actually play? No, do it, do it now because we should speak yeah. about the changes now before we go further. That's okay. Uh, my, my thought is they don't have two rucks, right? So I'd keep then Kervis in and drop Solo for this one and add another runner or add, add another midfielder. That's my personal opinion, to take away, to counter their strength, Collingwood. What are your guys' thoughts? Do you go an extra tall? I'm keeping I'm keeping Solo in. Yeah. I 
I wouldn't. If it was if they had two genuine rucks or they had Grundy, yeah, I probably would. But if it's Aiden Begg and Darcy Cameron, yeah, no. What about you? I'm I'm kind of with CB with what the point you're kind of alluding to about the West Coast game asserting dominance in the ruck. We kind of missed the mark a little bit last week, but maybe we learned something from that and can yeah. right that wrong if 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 they've got you know it's but the speed thing worries me. Uh, I think it works as long as we don't bring in a Robbie Tarrant. If we yeah. keep the same formula and fleet footedness because of their their forwards, I'm okay with the two rucks. I'll, I'll give yep. you some numbers on some averages. So. Um, Collingwood averaged 59 tackles a game. We're averaging 43, which I find concerning because that's that pressure around the ball that Collingwood bring, right? Um, Hitouts were just in front as an average. Um, if you look at contested, now where are we? Uh, clearances, Pies averaged 35. We averaged 30. Centre clearances, they averaged 13. We averaged 14. Stoppage clearances, they averaged 22. We only averaged 16. So there's so when I think about those two ruckmen, we want to keep just changing those big blokes over and keeping them fresh. I want to keep that pressure on the pill as much as we can because Collingwood will swarm and they're going to hit us pretty hard. The only thing that we need to factor in is the weather's supposed to turn pretty ugly towards the end of the week, and we don't want to be carrying in two ruckmen if it's going to be a slog fest. That I think is a sticking point as well. Yeah, I'd much yeah. rather. I'd much rather bring that extra midfielder in knowing it's going to be a contest and have that extra body around around the contest. The one thing, that there's two lines I, I reckon we over-dominate on them. I reckon our back line smashes their forward line. I reckon this is the perfect coming out game for Daniel Rioli for everyone to take notice, no matter how much you Richmond hater or not. If he goes on that blonde-headed kid who I love, genius. Yeah, my, my comment was accurate. <laughs> yeah, if he gets on him and stays on him and, break and beats him, um, yeah. Because that kid's the flavour of the month at the moment now. Yeah. Well, he's kicked, what's eight to ten goals the last couple of yeah. games. Yeah. He, right. He's been on fire. He's, he's a sharp mover. Uh, Gina Vinton, I think his name is. So I think between Rioli and Baker, I think we'll, we'll be waxing and getting the task on him. Their forward that worries me is my check. And I say that, like, I, I think we've got a player who can match up on him. Don't get me wrong. But it's more just the form he's in. I think four goals again. He's their, their main man. He's he's an he's kind of like, he's a key forward version of Camden McIntosh. He's an awkward matchup. He's a, a good height, good speed, good jump. Um, can kick a goal. But is that, uh, I don't know if I want to use Grimes in that role, but I'm thinking that could be a broad role or a Gibkiss role. I reckon Bolter. If the height... Outpace him, can overreach him on the spoil, and run off him. That would expose him. I, th- I think Bolter goes to Cameron when Cameron rests deep. Um, obviously, yeah. with the height, Bolter's got the athleticism. I'd back Gibkiss in on on Myacek, Honestly, I reckon he's got the the traits that that would work well. Obviously, Myacek's a very much a lead up forwards, not necessarily a contested type mark. So I think Gibkiss with his closing speed. Be, be a solid option. And he's going to have Grimes as that third tall anyway, so no harm, yeah, no foul, Grimes. even if he's... Yeah, you're going Grimes on my check. Yeah. yeah. Grimes, broad, doesn't matter. Yeah. We didn't fully cover off the ins and outs. There's a certain number four who may make an appearance, uh, I'm really, really hoping, if, if he's right to go, and Koch could come back as well. And Pickett really should be a walk-up start based on the year yeah. he's had to date so far. 
would you, all you gentlemen and everyone in chat, would you all agree that Cochin, um, Pickett and Martin are all certain to come into the side this 100%. week? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Who, who, the million-dollar question after winning by 109 points, who comes out? I, and I said last week that I want RCD to play a block of games, and I do believe that because we need to know. But when we're talking about the calibre of those players coming in, is it as simple as a Ross RCD? Uh, who's one else that could? It's the I think it's the third player. The well, only way is out injured. I'm not sure if Preston misses through injury or if Lambert pulled up sore. The only way, the only way you keep one of those blokes in is if it's just Cotchin and Martin come in, um, and Pickett doesn't come in, and a guy like RCD or Ross goes in as the sub. That's the only way that that will work. See, if for me, if Press, if Prestia has done his ankle, which they they said it's most likely an ankle injury, I'd give him the week off anyway. I mean, I'd I'd let him rest. We know how fragile <laughs> Prestia yeah. is coming back from injury. So if it's going to be three outs and it's going to be wet, I'd probably go Ross Soldo and Prestia out. Dusty Koch Pickett in. Yeah, I think that's so probably your thought- the solution that works. Is that who you would shift as well, Tiggs, to bring in Koch? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, I'd, Soldo's out. Um, I'd, Ross is definitely out. Um, RCD, for me, will be out as well. Um, what for me is Pickett's obviously in. The three ins come in, Koch and Pickett, um, most definitely, um, and Martin. But if pressure, if pressure doesn't come up, right, let's say pressure doesn't come up, I would then go, okay, this is the game for Sonzi. I know I fucking talk about every every podcast, Sonsy, 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 Sonsy. And he's coming off a bye, right? He's coming off a bye. But for me, it's it's I just got real belief in the kid. And I would love him to get a crack. RCD's had a crack. And look, for me, I've I've now made my decision on RCD. I reckon he should go to Sydney or another I, I think we should go to another club. Um, and that's just my opinion. Um but yeah, I reckon it's time now. While we've got a really strong, flexible team in, get Sonzi in. Why? So he can play against with Martin. He can play with Cochin. He can play with you know the guys around him. You know Graham, who's an unsung hero to me. Angus, uh, Jack Graham. Let's just Angus Graham, jeez. <laughs> yeah, he's an unsung hero for me. He's done a lot of selfish running. He had a shit first game, but worked his way into this into the season and. He's, you know, I just want, I just want him to be in that, in the seniors. He's that type of kid that I reckon will develop. One game will be like five games for him. I reckon get him against Collingwood that have a young underbelly. It'd be perfect to see. Few, a uh, few people CB of putting Dow, Dow's name. Up. I'm not sure what his injury status is, but it, you know, when he becomes fit and available, it, you know, for the sake of the future, is he another one you try and slot in? It, it becomes well, a bit of a headache. Hugo, it's a good man. problem to have in. You got Hugo, um, Dow. There's a few boys, but I mean, yeah, RCD is an interesting one. Um, they're going to have to make a call on him at the end of the year, either way. Um, I think he's at that crossroads, um, or he will be. But um, greater minds than me uh, working that out at the end of the year. So we'll just uh, wait and see. I reckon. All right, we'll have a look at some of the other Pies plays and some potential matchups for them. Grok Lipinski, I think, has been one of their better ball winners over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I know we don't typically tag, but 
when he's rolling through the middle, or when he's playing up forward, who who goes to him when he's rolling through the middle? Does short, you know, does short have a defensive role to play here? Maybe against the Pinsky, he might be on Taylor Adams, I suppose, in in that sense. But yeah, who's on Lipinski when he's up forward? See, Lipinski's sort of a, a weird player in a way. He's very dece- he's deceptive in his body shape. He's very he's a big, strong, strong player. Very very bulky. It's it's deceptive. So I think I think for him the best player if he goes forward is probably Broad. I think he's got the speed and and the size to, to deal with him. Um, I, f- I think especially if um, Grimes is on on um, my check. So I think going through Broad's probably the best matchup for for Lipinski. Through the midfield, we generally don't tag. We'll have a player run with him, but not necessarily try to shut him down. Just try to limit his influence to sort of. Backwards hand passes. We don't really try to stop them from getting the ball. It's just limiting the damage they do with it. Um, yeah, so I really don't see anyone. Maybe, maybe Graham will run with him side by side. But yeah, I, I think the only matchup for Lipinski is probably broad. That's going to be a genuine one-on-one matchup. And Tiggs, if we've got um, Gibkus playing on my check, you've got someone like Broad playing on Lipinski when he's forward. Who plays on Jordan to go when he's forward? Was that a, a Dylan Grimes role? Yeah, um, Dylan. Well, it's more of a team. Um, t- when you talk about our back line, it's more of a team defence. So we're going to have Lawson. We'll get time on him. Broad. We'll get time on him. Grimes. We'll get time on him. And I expect that to happen when he does go in there. Um, yeah, when he does go in there, and if he goes on the midfield, I'd put Martin on him. You know, you got your Kmart versus your real. <laughs> you know, no, seriously. That's um because he because he's not defensively minded. He's all offense to go. That's his biggest limiting limiting factor in my mind. He's an all offense um, player, um, beautiful player in the sense of skill wise, knee kick, um, but he's all offense. So um, yeah, I'd put Martin on him, and Martin will just run free. But they won't allow that matchup to happen. They'll lock him down with the Taylor Adams or or someone like that to mind him. But um, biggest one for me, guys, is Pendles. Who goes on him? Well, he's playing well, off he's a half-back really yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. But he's but he moved back into the centre in period. So I think their pennies dropped, maybe moved, and he changed the game against this and then broke yesterday. And then they got their run on. So um, who would you who would you put on him? Just, it depends at the time. I mean, yeah. it depends what our midfield mix is at. It just depends on the state of the game and midfield. Like, yeah. things rotate that hard now through yeah. the middle. Um could be could be anyone at any certain certain time. If he's, um, if he's playing half back, you wouldn't mind a a stack or a Georgie. Maybe not necessarily tagging him, but making sure he doesn't get that space in tight contest to get a releasing handball. I'd almost be, be go to Macca Camden and be like, "Hey, look, you're on Pendles today. Got the got the size to match him. Got the pace. Can go Macca through has, the midfield." Macca has and to take side bottom out. Oh. If we let side bottom run free and oh, get 35 again. matches again like we did every year, I will punch easy, my TV. Easy money. Load up, put your house on, on side He's been in shit 30. form too. You watch yeah, him yeah. get 30 plus yeah. and no one pay him any respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just it's criminal. Yeah. Always one of them. Yeah. If Mason Cox plays, you watch him, he'll be fucking... He'll be fucking with his... Like Wayne Carey. Yeah, he'll be fucking... So flipping to the other end of the ground, CB, Jeremy Howe, Darcy Moore are obviously going to be the likely matchups for Lynch and Rewalt. Two yep. probably 
very good defenders in their own right, um, probably in better form than what McGovern, and I can't remember who the other bloke was who played for West Coast last week, but how are our two boys? Well, because it was meant to be Barras, but he was out. So uh, what do Lynch and Rewat have to do to keep up their dominance and how much of it is on the midfield to not give how easy chop-off intercept marks? It's At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's like we've got team defence, we've got team offence. So they've just got to play to their roles at the end of the day. Um, we've just got not got to have, like you saw last week, it's probably the first time you haven't seen both of them fly against each other regularly. So there's a bit more um, synergy. So if we can get some uh, ball movement out of the middle, you know, that, that slingshot going, um, I mean, how's the interesting one? Because if he gets his intercepting game going, he's a real pain in the ass. He's a very good footballer. So it's a question of how do you keep that guy out of the play? Um, if we sit the ball on Lynch's head, more will cane him. So we've got to we've got to move it, and um, those small blokes around him, they've got to they've got to stay busy. So you know, if Morris Rowley Junior keeps his spot, he's, he's really going to earn his money this week because last week was there's nothing on him. Um, but yeah, I think it's just whatever the roles were assigned, however they're going to work it out um, in the team meetings. That's, that's what they've got to do. Team offense. Don't sit it on their heads. Do not sit it on their heads. Yeah. No, and that's why I liked our 450 movement against West Coast. I know everyone probably liked it, but um, I think Lynch on the move created some good habits. Hopefully, he stays in that mould for this weekend as well. Because I think it's important, Grok. Uh, Chris, the other player for. Oh, sorry, go UCB. Keep in mind too, if it's going to be wet, Rich will have the chaos ball going. This like it'll be interesting yeah. to see if, if Pies are doing chaos ball and we're doing chaos ball. What the hell is actually going to happen? Yeah, nil yeah. or draw. Like with with what CB said about bombing long and high, playing right into Moore's hands. That's part part of me wishes that it is super wet, super scrappy, a slog because it's just get the ball forward as you can rather than try to be pretty or or take that contested mark. Just get it in there, lock it in. I think if we can do that, that's going to prob- that'll negate more. For me, for me, my worry is not just well, you've got Chris and you've got Maynard. They're my two. That in their back line. That they're the two for me. Quainall's yeah, in that Molsado Street. For us, our forwards need to be able to really make those three boys really, really accountable. Now what I what I would basically do is with Maynard in particular, I would put someone like a stack on him. Right, really challenged because he's got the pace with the natural brilliance with him. He will worry Maynard, but Maynard wants to do those dashing runs. He'll know he's Rains got turnovers. Yeah, and he's got stack free. So, it, and, and Stack has the ability height-wise to keep keep up with him. Um, with Cribs, funny enough, this is my thought. He's a he's a one he's a straight line runner, if you know what I mean. He doesn't generally cut the angles when he comes out of the back line. He just runs straight. Um, he's very much like how Reigns was for us, not the dad, but the son. Remember when we used to get the ball, he used to just run straight down the centre? Yeah. He wouldn't deviate. That's what Cripps does, right? I would play someone like, a, a you know, Morris Rioli on him. Yes, on a one-on-one contest, he's going to lose out in height. And, you know, there was some laughable one-on-one contest Morris had against West Coast. I think yeah, he was on her. <laughs> yeah, he got, he got out marked. But what he does, he has that ability to chase and tackle a lot and quickly. And that's where he can cause Cripps to turn the ball over. Because Cripps is not, if you give him time and space, he can kick beautifully. But he's one of those players, a bit of pressure, turnover, 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 turnover. So that's, for me, is if we get our forward line match up right to nullify their strength, which is their runoff up, because, you know, let's be honest, they're copying our system. Back line's important to them. We can, yeah, really cause them some issues. 
Question without notice. Baker, forward or back? Back. Got to keep back. him back. End the experiment, mate. End it. Yep. Fucking, I'm over it. <laughs> Let him go forward when he needs to. But you know why? Something really astute I heard, right? Didn't come from me. But when you put a one new person into a back line, it doesn't really change much of the mix. When you add two new people, they can really change the ebb and flow of the mix. You add a third and your back line loses the infamous word synergy. That's why we look connected in our back line when we put Bolter back and we put Baker back. And then we obviously had Grimes here. They're all used to playing. And we and Gipkis can flourish. He can learn. We can add. That's why I'm so dead against. Let's not put Tarani break. He should only come in for injury yeah. if Miller's not available. Because you put Tarani in, you've got another bloke learning the system. You've got Gipkis learning the system. And, yeah, we lose that instinctive play. Valid points and a good question, CB. Uh, with that, we'll get a tip for the game, including margin. Tiggs, this is your time to shine. Uh, but I'll leave you to last. You can bring us home because you, yeah. you've you been probably the most accurate all year. Uh, yeah. Grok, what's the, the tip and margin? I'm, I'm going to hedge a little bit. If it's wet and scrappy, I'd say Richmond by 16. If it's not, if it's reasonably clear, I'd, I'd say five goals, 31 points. And don't forget to put your margins in chat as well, listeners. Uh, CB, what's your tip and margin? Uh, Tigers by 15. 15. Okay, I'll take that. Tiggs? Yeah, well, look, if we lose, if we if we win the free kick out like we normally do by 13, <laughs> the mighty pie should get up. Personally, I don't think this will be close. I think it's going to be an intense game early. It's going to be probably a bit of troubles in the third quarter, but then we'll start to grind and get away. I see it at, I want to say 28 points, but you know what? Fuck it, 36. All right, uh, very good. I'll say the Tigers by 21. Uh, if it rains, it's going to be a slog fest, but I think that kind of plays into our hands a little bit. So either way, we just need to secure the four points because well, it is it absolutely rains, nothing. If, if it rains, we'll win by about five points because yeah, we won't be... have... Yeah, because their midfield outgrunt us. And let's be honest, our midfield shit this year. Yeah. Now, Dusty makes a big impact, but we've got Cochin, who should not be playing four minutes on the ground, right? So, and we've got we've got nothing to, uh, you know, no depth under that. So, and if pressure doesn't play, we're in big trouble if it rains. Stays dry, we can get them on the outside, but you know who knows. I'm hoping that Lambert gets up as well. So I uh, yeah. saw him limping after the game. I mean, the hip's going to be a pain in the ass for him for the rest of his life, less important the footy career side of it, but hopefully he gets up and plays. So, all right, thank you for that, gents. And a reminder that we, uh, for the game against Essendon in a couple of weeks' time, we do have Phil Egan coming on the show on the Monday night, so make sure you set time in your calendars. 8.30, CB, just glowing like a little kid in a candy shop. You'll be all over this one, mate. This is your time to shine. Mate, Phil Egan... Um... Wonderful, wonderful footballer for us in the ace. Um, very, very tough, hard unit, very skilled. Um, I'm sure he's going to be a wonderful, wonderful guest for the show. Can, he will. Can I ask you a question? To Nick for mate. Thank you, Nick, again. Can I ask a quick question before we end? Because, you know, we, we haven't really – we've probably ignored it for the whole show and, and get the listener's opinion as well as you other three blokes. What is your expectation of his first game, his first game back of Dustin Mark? What's your expectation of this game? It's a good question, Tiggs. Um, I I envisage he will play forward more than he'll play midfield. 
Um, I know he's been obviously keeping fit, but there's one thing to be keeping fit and another thing to be match fit. And I think the coaching staff would be conscious not to blow him up. Um, but he can be damaging forward. Like, I, I don't think that's a loss for us as such because, yeah, I think he'd be fine. But I just want him to get through unscathed, really, is uh, all I want. I reckon he'll kick two goals, though, and he will light it up like he usually does, Croc. Yeah, I'm, I don't want any expectations on Dusty. All I want purely from Dusty is for him to just enjoy it. I mean, with everything that's going on and all those scumbag newspapers with the articles coming out this week about his old man and what might be happening in New Zealand and everything like that, which to the media, go fuck yourselves for that. Like, seriously, yeah. have, have some grace. And, yeah. and the girl who's it is didn't want to press any charges. She said, yeah. because... Yeah, I, I heard a little bit about the background of that. It's just fucking, it's a stitch up. But oh yeah. well. It's it's just like seriously, have some grace and decorum. Like yeah. you know, let let the let the dead rest peacefully. But yeah, for me with Dusty, just go out there, have fun, just feel your way back. It's football's football's not the be all end all in life. Like if if you go out there and it's too hard, great, you've been a wonderful servant for the club. Just just go out and enjoy it. Just do your thing. We're all behind him. Yep, agree, CB. Australian, the Australian media is a toilet. Mm. Yep. Absolute toilet. And the Australian football media in particular is an even bigger toilet. So I'll just put that yeah. in there straight away. It's fucking um, UWS coming out and saying they've already they already spoke to Martin while he was in Sydney. Like what the fuck? Like, and they quoted comments on that article from 2016. Yeah. And they put if, it in if the you read the article, yeah, they used it was, it was old world card quotes. Like you just said it. Like it was recent. It was from yeah. fucking 2016. Yeah. Nah, look, it's... End of the day, Dustin Martin has given us more joy than any other, you know, him and Richard, you know, in the last 40 years, I reckon. Yeah. So, um, end of the day, please come back, be happy, play Dusty. We love you. Done. Yep. Anything else to add, Tiggs, to wrap it up? Yeah just, wanting to have a, yeah, just wanting to have a great game. You know, just enjoy it. Um, I want him to play predominantly forward. I, I think that's where he's best forward, you know, 60%, um, 40% midfield. And just go, you know what, Dusty, just run. Go ball, get ball, kick as many goals as you can. Just let him have it like you do. Run it, them you up. Know, and just let him have fun with it. See what happens. Yeah, play your game. Just do what oh, he has I, to do. Can so. I address his trading? Is he fucking going? And can I just address it real quick? Yeah. From what I know. Um, now, guys, you all know that my fucking I've never been wrong on Dusty Mail. I'm not saying that I'm saying it's any new one. Ignore what the fuck you're hearing. They're all fucking making it up. CB hit it. Australian media is putrid. They would not get away with this in Europe or in America because they'll get done for lying. They're lying on the media, uh, saying that you know. He went to Sydney and he somehow GWS approached. None of that happened. Yeah. He went to Sydney, kept himself in, reconnected with his family. He had lawyers saying he might go to Sydney, um, New South Wales, New Zealand to do the affairs, all this bullshit. From what I know um, and what I take to the bank is Dusty loves the club and will do anything for the club. Well, if the club would- came to him and said, we want to trade you for X and X and X and it's all place like Sydney, I don't think Dusty would say, no, fuckers, I want to stay. He would go, like any servant would. But no way am I hearing that Dusty's come back and said, you know what, I want to go to Sydney because I love Castle, Castle Maine. No, that hasn't happened. 
I mean, given this is all stemming from his old man, his old man is the one that told Dusty loyalty matters. Be yeah. loyal to the club that's stuck behind you. So for yeah. so all them saying that his old man's death is going to be what causes him to leave Richmond, it's complete bullshit because his old man is the reason why he stayed at Richmond in the first Nick, place. Nick, Nick beat me to it. Ralph Carr loves the club. Yep. Ralph Carr is a big fan of the Richmond Football Club. So um, just keep that in mind. Ralph isn't an idiot. He's a very smart manager, a very good manager for his clients. And um, the relationship he has with the club is very, very solid, very strong. And he also manages Shea Bolton. Got that right. And he, also manages, <laughs> and he also manages Dan Rioli, yeah. right? And I think I'm hearing Morris Rioli as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, we'll have Dusty do what you got to do, champ. We'll uh, be have roaring fun, for you on your first disposal. Have a bit of fun with it, and hopefully the boys can get up. So, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me tonight. Thank you for everyone for tuning in. Make sure you like us on whatever platform you watch on, and uh, get right behind us. Throw a subscription our way, and we will be back on Monday, hopefully after another win, which will be very handy. Go pies. So until next time, you say go pies. Jesus. Oh, I went too early. Went too early. <laughs> <laughs> Did we touch on the details okay, of the game? Sorry. The time? Oh, uh, no, what time is the game? I haven't got that on my phone. 1.45pm this Saturday. 1.45, yeah. thank you. That'd be great. Saturday, Arvo. Fucking just after I've had a few beers and snags, I can, I can, I can watch the game. It's going to be fucking great. Elon Musk, I know there's a fake account out there, Elon. If you're listening, you need to extinguish Tiger 71. He's a faker. Oh. He's a troll. <laughs> free speech, fuck up. Free speech. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said earlier, what odds will I get for for Magpie Seventy One coming on with bleach blonde hair next week? Oh, that'd be good. That yeah. He said he needs a haircut. He said he needs a haircut. Yeah, go the bleach blonde tigs. Uh, all good. Well, uh, I'll be keeping a very keen eye on your Twitter account on Saturday. Uh, it should be very lit, as CB alluded to earlier. So yeah. enjoy your night, everyone. Yeah, and I'm surprised in. that uh, you're like a tweet during your your team um, versus North Melbourne. What was it? No, that that was the other that was the other fellow. Got a Carlton membership? Did someone get a? Oh, yeah, it was Carl. Yeah, Carl did. Yeah, Carl. Yeah, Carl. Yeah, that was. Still going to be Carl. All right, we will see you all on Monday. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Come on, boy!